EM Board Bombs. Now, here's doctors Iltafat Hussein and Blake Briggs. Welcome back to another EM Board Bombs podcast where board studying is a little more enjoyable, I would say. Just I'm, a little. Just a little. I'm Iltafat Hussein. I'm joined by Dr. Blake Briggs here. The one and only. The one and only. For every 10-minute episode that we do, you gain high-yield board knowledge related to a very specific topic. We also like to throw in some interesting stems, and we say, come for the stems, stay for the content. Please subscribe. Yeah, it is. Please subscribe for free updates and episodes, as well as printed handouts that we have on topics by going to our website, emboardbombs.com. That's emboardbombs.com. Dr. Briggs, are you ready for another topic? I am present and accounted for. Great. Let's just jump right into this stem. So a level one trauma arrives in the emergency department with a 56-year-old intoxicated. It's always intoxicated, always, right? Uh, always. He suffered from a head-on collision with his motorcycle into a truck. Motorcycle into a truck is never good. Suboptimal. He was... Yep, exactly. Now, what's even more suboptimal is this next part. So he was trying to reenact <laughs> the scene from the Hollywood, eh, called a failure by some people, the Hollywood failed movie Ghost Rider, where Nicolas Cage can fly on the horizon with his flame-tailed bike. What a failure movie. I have a bone to pick. Yeah, I have a bone to pick here. So if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, this movie is 26%, all right? That's but pretty bad. Odd- that's bad, but audience score almost forty-seven percent. What does that say about the state of American audiences watching movies? Uh, I mean, look, you know, he gave the people what they wanted, all right? So, <laughs> Nick Cage impersonator is alert and oriented, uh, breathing spontaneously, but to keep initial manual blood pressure is one hundred one over eighty-seven. Chest X-ray is unremarkable. The pelvic X-ray is performed, and it demonstrates an iliac fracture with the disruption of the pelvic ring. Now, which of the following is true? A, the best way to assess for pelvic instability is lateral rocking of the pelvis back and forth. B, pneumatic anti-shock garments have been shown to reduce mortality in those with pelvic fractures at risk for bleeding. C, external fixation is equal to pelvic sheet binder device in terms of pelvic stability. D, Applying pelvic stability has been shown to reduce arterial bleeding in the pelvis. E, application of pelvic sheet binders should optimally be placed superior to the umbilicus and above the iliac crest. The correct answer here is C, external fixation is equal to pelvic sheet binder device in terms of pelvic stability. How many times do you want to say uh, pelvic? In that question. I know. I think I counted about 50. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? Do you think Nicolas Cage would ever think that he would be mentioned in a uh, pelvic stability question? You know, I don't know. Nick Cage is a pretty, pretty crazy guy. He might. He, he's, he's also bankrupt. been through a lot. It, well, apparently. There's some, yeah, apparently he doesn't handle the monies so well. So, the monies. Yeah, course, the monies. The money, the money. The money plural. <laughs> All right. Exactly. So, let's Why is this he? Yeah. What were we about to say? 
why is it C? Why, oh, why is, is it C? Okay, that's yeah, a good question. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about Nicholas Cage still? So uh, C, no. C is the first letter of Nicholas Cage's last name. C is the answer because external fixation, as much as it's talked about, has been shown actually to be pretty subpar. It's it's basically equal to pelvic sheet binding. So it's pretty much not even utilized as much as it used to be because we've discovered over and over that pelvic sheet binding with a simple like bed sheet, which costs like the hospital probably like negative money, if that's possible. It's a lot cheaper and a lot faster to do that than to set up for an external fixation. So the main thing to unpack from this question are kind of the various myths and facts regarding the initial resuscitation of people with pelvic fractures. So obviously, as we know, we're not going to go through the whole ETLS um, algorithm or much less even go through kind of the basics of it. The main thing to know here is that pelvic fractures are a major source of bleeding and hypotension in the trauma patient. Bleeding is the most common complication of all pelvic injuries. And 90% of the time, they are venous bleeds and 10% they are arterial. Pelvic trauma in general is very common in high-speed injuries. There's a extremely high association with other serious intra-abdominal pathology, which is why the fastest sand plays such an important role with these patients, probably. The many classifications exist, which we're not going to go into today because I don't think they're going to be on board test questions. They're good if you want to enhance your practice, and we recommend the young burgess classification, which is pretty relevant. It's not really going to be tested on boards. So we only need to know kind of the major facts here, which is what you do in the physical exam. So, you know, how you actually assess for pelvic trauma properly and then how to manage pelvic trauma. Is that a pretty good assessment Kind of what we need to cover that those two things? We got to tell them what they need to know. Is that, <laughs> I feel like you say that a lot. I, it's almost like we need to tell them what we need to know. What do you think about that? Always. Always. Okay, good. Need to know. That's the key, need to right? Know. People are subscribing. They just want to know what they need yep. to know. So those are the two things we're going to cover. Assessing pelvic trauma and then managing pelvic trauma. So the key things to remember, you never rock the pelvis, which sounds, sounds like a dance move or it sounds like some upcoming song we need to write. Rocking the pelvis. It also could be it also could be interpreted the wrong way too. So maybe exactly. we should that's what I was thinking. That's what I was like. You know, this is a PG podcast here. You know, PG, people might be PG. listening with their with their uh, children. Because uh, children you know, need to know EM board bumps. EM board bumps, exactly. Yeah. Hey, you got to raise young doctors. Yeah, mom. Guess what I listen to at school today? Rocking the pelvis. Know, right? So rocking do not rock the pelvis. There is you should never rock the pelvis or distract the iliac crest, which means pushing them away laterally. All you should do is a gentle AP compression of the crest. So that's the answer on the board test question. If it's saying, hey, what's the only thing you should do to assess for pelvic trauma during you know, the initial trauma evaluation? That is gentle anterior-posterior compression of the iliac crest. That is all that's indicated. Any laxity that's found makes you strongly indicative of a possible pelvic fracture. The anterior posterior pelvic x-ray that's done usually in the initial evaluation if that's normal that pretty much excludes especially on board tests any major pelvic injury causing hypotension so let's be clear on that if, if they show you a picture on board test questions and it's a pelvic x-ray that's normal and the patient's hypotensive don't even bother like trying to go further detail with the pelvic stuff on a board test question that's not going to be the cause and then of course the next step you're going to do here if you see pelvic injury or suspect on the physical exam you're going to bind the pelvis with a sheet and the key thing here, I thought was interesting, Dr. Hussein, I don't know if you knew this, but um, you should be doing these sheets before you intubate patients. What do you think about that? You got to control that bleeding. Exactly. So you got to control the bleeding. Especially when you shoot these RSI drugs, you may even make them more hypotensive. More hypotensive than yeah. you're, you know, yeah, bad news, exactly. bad cycle. So why doesn't our hospital pay for the pneumatic pelvic 
anti-shock garments, Dr. Hussein. Is our hospital being cheap? Uh, I don't think it's being cheap. Um, I just think that they did not do a good job of selling them. That's why. And also it might be because they don't necessarily work. Oh, that's probably the better answer. So yeah, they showed, they showed make no difference. So I was hoping you would get to that. So <laughs> I may have been leading you on to that answer. So I was like, he's going to say it. So the sheets, pelvic sheet, this is completely unscripted as you can tell based on the quality of our conversation, the pelvic sheets, have been shown to be equal to the pneumatic anti-shock garments. They may not have as badass of a name, but the pneumatic anti-shock garments do not show any superiority. So that was choice B. They do not reduce mortality any more than the pelvic binding sheet that we use with like clips, hemostats. So I want to quickly mention the pelvic sheet binder just because you know you could look on youtube or other academic sources for the actual detailed step-by-step instruction but remember that this will be tested on boards where you actually place it so they should be placed over the greater trochanter and the superior margin of the binder should never be superior to embolicus so once again when you place the pelvic sheet it should be as tight as humanly possible with as much pressure as possible with the greater trochanter for the inferior margin and the superior margin just inferior to the embolicus. We talked about the physical exam, what you need to do, never rocking the pelvis, never doing distraction with iliac crests. And then we're going to talk about what do you do further these people, right? You know, because if it's a venous bleed, the pelvic sheeting has been shown to decrease that rate of bleeding and stabilize the patient. If it's an arterial bleed, it doesn't really make much of a difference. So that was choice D, applying pelvic stability has been shown to reduce arterial bleeding in the pelvis. That's not true. There is actually no difference in arterial bleeding. We can't really control that rate, that speed of bleeding. So what do these patients need to have done, you think, Dr. Hussein? IR, IR, IR. Er, as I like to say. IR, er. Er. <laughs> so they go, <laughs> you pause. You pause. It we should like you say that. We say, did you, did you, did you, did you console er? I'm just going to say that next time. I'm just, I'm just going to. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, next time we see that in CT, I'm going to talk to my resident and say, hey, is er on board? Is and er on board? No, they're at home me. sleeping, sir. It's 2 a.m. They're, they're going to ask me if I'm having a stroke. <laughs> yeah. Or, or are they going to the or, the OR? Or, so, uh, that's true. Yeah. yeah, I know. So, anyway, if these patients have a positive fast, known pelvic bleeding, they're going straight to the OR. It doesn't really matter. You're, they're going to go to an X lap. They're going to get plus or minus some abdominal packing. And then they might go to IR after that or ER. If their fast is negative and they have an unstable blood pressure and an obvious pelvic injury and you've sheeted them already, the answer is to go to IR for embolization. That's kind of the main two pathways. So fast positive, you're going to treat them like any other OR patient. They're going to go get an X lap after you've sheeted them. If a fast is negative and it's an obvious pelvic injury, they need to go to IR. And then, of course, the question will delve into how stable are they? Can you get a CT mapping up that pelvis or they have to go to IR you know, straight away? So that will be a discussion I think that's completely one out of the realm of boards because that takes into account like clinical discretion. And then it kind of is beyond the scope of this podcast. We're not getting into that. So the big things to remember on this question, if we want to synthesize it, are you ready to synthesize? Bring it down. All right. Straightforward concept here. We got a guy who was acting like Nicolas Cage, but he failed just like the movie. And Ugh. he has a pelvic injury. Sorry, I'm sorry you enjoyed it. I didn't like it. So no, he has a pelvic injury. For assessing the pelvis, never rock the pelvis in any situation, especially the public setting. And don't distract the iliac crest. The only thing to do on exam is gentle AP compression of the crest. Bleeding is the most common and most dangerous complication of pelvic injuries. 90% of the time it's venous, 10% arterial. The AP 
pelvic x-ray, if it's normal, it doesn't show any pelvic fracture, you can pretty much exclude bleeding in the pelvis. And then if you do see any type of fracture or obvious widening of the pubic synthesis, at that point, you are going to sheet the pelvis. And at that point, you will not be using any pneumatic anti-shock garments. And you will not be doing X-Fix. Negative. Negative. Yep. Bad things. I like it. And that is a great summary on what to do. And in this particular case, I definitely think this is one that you're going to be seeing on your boards. Uh, so totally. please remember uh, what we mentioned, especially the high yield uh, information content that we laid down. Well, that was a great synthesis. And there you have it. Another board bomb has been delivered. Are we good? A freshly great. delivered board bomb. Also remember, on our website, emboardbombs.com, that's where you'll be able to get some of these handouts. And you can also subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes. This first for EM Board Bombs. And drop us a review if you'd like, or at least give us like a five-star rating. That'd be awesome. Yeah, just See drop a five time. and leave it. Yeah. If you are thinking about dropping a three or four, don't drop anything. Yeah, d- just say you were never here. Just say you were never here. Thanks, Dr. Break. Yeah. See you next time.